Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network, last season on the Cherry Picking Podcast. Yeah, I think eventually we'll see with Lovey Smith. He's starting to build that foundation, and we've talked about it a lot during this podcast. The pieces are starting to come together here, and it'll be really exciting to see what Illinois will look like next year. Yeah. I've been giving Illinois a lot of love on my podcast lately uh, just because of the fact that I think Lovey Smith is really trying to build something organically there. Yes. And I think it, it might be happening sooner than I thought. Um, and I think it could be happening right now. Once they play a little bit more of these youngsters, next year, watch out. If they get close to a bowl game this year, it's going to be deadly because they already have the receivers. Lana's going to be deadly if they can do some things. They can get eight, nine wins next year and go to a real bowl. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading another show of the Cherry Picking Podcast. This is week 12 action now. We are almost at the end of the season. I can't wait to finish this thing off. I mean, this has been a fun season. Week 11 was awesome. It was probably the best week of the season, in my opinion. And so I can't wait to break down all of the action and then preview week 12. So with that, we'll go ahead and start with my week 11 recap for my Power 5 predictions within the Power 5 conferences. In the ACC, I had Virginia over Georgia Tech. Virginia got the victory 33-28 to over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And coming into this game, this was a matchup between the first place team in the Coastal Division of the ACC and the last place team in the Coastal, with that being Georgia Tech. This game in the first quarter was 14-14 to after the first quarter ended. But Virginia pulled away, as you can imagine, and the Cavaliers quarterback Bryce Perkins had a great game. He was responsible for 364 total yards with two total touchdowns. So Virginia continues to pull away in the Coastal and a great victory over Georgia Tech. Now in the Big Ten, I had Penn State over Minnesota. And I want to play you my soundbite from last week's show. Here it is. But if they can get this victory over Penn State, they would be rocking the college football playoffs because Penn State right now is undefeated. They're looking to be one of the teams that could be represented in the playoffs. But if Minnesota upsets Penn State, uh, Penn State will no longer be in consideration for the playoffs because I think a lot of people are just waiting for Penn State to lose. Sure, Penn State has beaten the teams on its schedule. They're number five right now in the AP poll, but I think a lot of folks are just waiting for Penn State to either make or break it. And I don't see Penn State losing this week, but If they do, that would be one heck of an upset, even despite the fact that Minnesota is ranked 13th in the AP poll. I think they're ranked highly by default as well. I mean, they've beaten the teams on its schedule, but who have they played? Now is make or break time for both of these teams, honestly. So those are my thoughts coming into that matchup, Penn State versus Minnesota. I thought Penn State would have the lock over Minnesota, but I was pleasantly surprised to see Minnesota balling out from the start of this game to the finish. I mean, they led this entire game, and I thought this would be the first test for Minnesota. I honestly did, but I think it was a test that Penn State failed miserably. I mean, Minnesota looked like the better team in this game from start to finish. Hats off to P.J. Fleck and his Gophers. They're rowing that boat. So P.J. Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. (laughs) 
So like I said, Minnesota led the entire game, and its defense came up big against Penn State. Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, he probably had his worst game of the season. He threw for three interceptions in this game. Minnesota's sophomore defensive back, Antone Winfield Jr., had two interceptions on Clifford deep within the red zone. So the Gophers' defense came up big time in this game when it really mattered the most. Winfield had the first two picks in the first half, and this matched the FBS lead and also set up the all-time Minnesota record with seven on the season. So Antone Winfield, great performance by this young man on Minnesota's defense. Great game. Minnesota ended a 13-game losing streak to ranked opponents and beat a top-five team for the first time since a win over number two Penn State back in 1999. I initially thought that if Minnesota held on to win this game, you know, if you're a fan or if you're the team, you shouldn't rush the field. I thought, you know, Minnesota coming into the season, they want to be treated like big dogs. They've been playing like big dogs within the Big Ten West division. And I thought, you know, if you want to be treated seriously as a serious opponent, don't rush the field. Because usually when you see see students rushing the field in games, it's because their team was an underdog or a team had no business beating a top tier team. You you only rush the field in situations when you feel like you're the underdog. But I thought this whole season, Minnesota's whole mantra is row the boat. So PJ Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. <laughs> and Minnesota wants to be taken seriously. Minnesota wants college game day to come out there because they have a great record. And I was just saying on Twitter, don't rush the field. You know, just act like you've been here before and handle your business. But that wasn't the case. Minnesota rushed the field. It looked like a crazy scene. And I'm sure they had a great time celebrating with the Minnesota football team. Great win for the Gophers. And, um, yeah, you know, you you can't say enough about what P.J. Fleck is doing for this team. He has turned this whole thing around. Minnesota's looking legit. And now Minnesota has a two-game lead in the West Division with three games to go. This week, the Gophers row their boat to face Iowa. Uh, It should be a very tough matchup. The Gophers should beat Northwestern the week right after. And then P.J. Fleck and his boys end the season by hosting Wisconsin. So still a pretty tough stretch for Minnesota and and P.J. Fleck's Gophers team. But they have done a great job thus far. They are 9-0 on the season and they are looking like legit threats out of the Big Ten West. James Franklin, on the other hand... He's been on the losing end to some of the biggest games of his tenure at Penn State. However, they can right the ship with the victory against Ohio State in two weeks. However, I think that will be very unlikely. But the last time Franklin's squad has beaten Ohio State was back in 2016 when his unranked Nittany Lions team beat number two Ohio State 24-21 to at home. Penn State would eventually go on to win the Big Ten title that season against Wisconsin. And so James Franklin has had some success at Penn State. It just isn't consistent. And I think that's the biggest knock on James Franklin as a head coach. He doesn't make great adjustments. He has questionable play calls in in big matchups. So he doesn't help his team all the time, but he is capable of winning big games. This was a big game that they needed to win. They were right in the playoff picture, and now they're outside of that picture. They could probably get back in it with a win against Ohio State, but we'll see if that's something that he can pull off because that would be a huge upset. Ohio State has been playing lights out this entire season, and I just don't see them folding or falling or failing at all before they get 
to the Big Ten championship game. So that's just my thoughts, but great win for Minnesota, and they continue to row the boat. So P.J. Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. Then in the Big 12, my lock was Baylor over TCU. I did get a victory here. It was a three-overtime finish. It was a wild, wild game, a wild ending. I did get a chance to watch this game end. I was watching the Penn State-Minnesota game for much of the uh, first part of college football. So, um, yeah, I get the victory here. Baylor holds on to beat TCU. It was quite the scare for the Bears. But they held on to win this matchup against the TCU Horned Frogs. Baylor had previously lost the last four meetings with TCU, but they finally get a victory for Matt Rule. This was a very ugly game for, for these two teams. There were five total turnovers. Both of these teams combined to have 21 penalties, which amounted to close to 200 yards. So very sloppy game, very undisciplined game. I never like to see that. And I definitely don't like to see all those turnovers as well. Five total penalties between these two teams. Baylor has a huge test this upcoming weekend against Oklahoma. And I I don't know if you could say Baylor was overlooking TCU on its way to this matchup with Oklahoma this weekend. But regardless, they got the victory. Great win for Baylor. But again, they have a tough matchup this weekend versus Oklahoma. That's going to be a big time game. Then in the Pac-12, I got another victory with Washington over Oregon State. Washington beat Oregon State 19-7. to This was the 104th meeting between these two schools. Washington is now riding an eight-game win streak over the Beavers. Huskies running back Salvan Ahmed rushed for 174 yards on 25 carries with two touchdowns. The Huskies defense also had a great game as they had four sacks on Oregon State with one interception. So great victory for the Washington Huskies over the Oregon State Beavers. And then in the SEC, I got another victory there with Florida beating the brakes off of Vanderbilt. Florida won this matchup 56-0. Florida has now won 28 out of the last 29 games against Vanderbilt. The last time Vanderbilt beat Florida was back in 2009 when cherry picking was still in college. So, yikes. Great victory for Florida. There you have it, folks. Those were my locks for Week 11 action. I went 4-1. Overall, I am 43-12 when making these locks each week. That is an accuracy of 78%. If we look ahead to Week 12 action, my Week 12 locks are presented by MyBookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is a place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LATEFEES to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER for help. So here we go. In the ACC, I'm taking Florida State over Alabama State. Florida State will become bowl eligible this weekend. They got a great victory over Boston College, and I think they will do what they need to do to beat Alabama State and become bowl eligible yet again. Florida State missed out on a bowl last season for the first time in over three decades, but I think they create a new streak this year with a victory over Alabama State this weekend. Then in the Big Ten, I'm taking Wisconsin over Nebraska. This game is in Lincoln, where I think Wisconsin wins big. The last time the Badgers played here, which was back in 2017, they snapped Nebraska's 20-game home win streak. 
So Wisconsin over Nebraska. In the Big 12, I'm taking Kansas State over West Virginia. Kansas will win big in this game. West Virginia is currently tied for last in the Big 12 standings, which is very sad because they were fourth in the conference last season. That's that's rough. Then in the Pac-12, I'm taking Washington State over Stanford. In the SEC, I'm taking Bama over Mississippi State. I think this is a bounce-back victory for Alabama this week after the tough loss at home against LSU in Week 11. So if I could recap my Week 12 locks one more time for you guys. In the ACC, Florida State over Alabama State. In the Big Ten, Wisconsin over Nebraska. In the Big 12, Kansas State over West Virginia. In the Pac-12, Washington State over Stanford. And in the SEC, Alabama versus Mississippi State. So there we have it, guys and gals. Those are my Week 12 locks for this week. On the other side of this break, I will recap the Week 11 games from the past weekend and then also preview Week 12. I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts, join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Now I want to lead us into this portion of the podcast where we recap the games from Week 11 action. And first up is Illinois versus Michigan State. I want to play you guys a soundbite from last week's show. Here we go. And in the Big Ten, Illinois versus Michigan State. This is this is crazy because Illinois is one of the hottest teams right now. They are riding a three-game win streak within the Big Ten. By comparison, Michigan State has lost its last three games. In those three games, Michigan State has been outscored by a combined 100 to 17 points. So Michigan State is exposed right now. Michigan State is weak right now. And if Illinois can go on the road and win a, a matchup at Michigan State, I mean, they will become bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. So this is a, a big opportunity for Illinois. Can they come in and take advantage of a wounded Michigan State team? Illinois certainly can come in and beat Michigan State. They've beaten better teams. They, they beat Wisconsin this season. So it's anything is possible. So Illinois ends up getting the victory over Michigan State 37 to 34. This was such a crazy game because Michigan State was leading Illinois 31 to 10 at the end of the third quarter before Illinois scored 27 points in the fourth quarter to win this game. This was the largest comeback in its school history and Lovey Smith has been at the controls this entire season and he's had some great wins this year, uh, four straight victories. And his Illini are now bowl eligible. After the victory, I just, my Twitter was just flooded with folks who follow that program, who were just so excited about Illinois now becoming bowl eligible yet again. It's been a while since the last time they were bowl eligible, since 2014. So folks were genuinely excited for this moment. And it just, it warms it warms your heart, honestly. If you're a college football fan, these are the stories that you like to see. A program that was basically in the basement in the dark for so long 
And Lovey Smith came in and just slowly built this program into what it is today. And it looks like he may be leading this team in the right direction and the in the right path forward. You heard my thoughts with Herb Lawrence earlier in this podcast from last season. I played a soundbite from when Herb and I met and we talked about the Illini program last season, thinking that Lovey would turn this around for this season in 2019, which he has done. So hats off to Lovey Smith and the entire program for building a new culture and creating something that looks to be positive change. I mean, this is a great victory for Illinois. And what I want to do right now is I want to play you the immediate reaction and the immediate thoughts from my good friend Herb Lawrence from 670 The Score. He's an executive producer in Chicago at 670 The Score. He is a great follow. He's a great friend. He's been a great contributor to the Cherry Picking Podcast. And I want to play you Herb's immediate reaction to Illinois' upset victory 37-34 to over Michigan State. This was an unbelievable win by the Illini coming back from 25 on the road versus a team... Even though they're 4-4, four and four, Michigan State showed today that they're pretty good, but Lovey Smith and his team and his coaches are resilient, and I just can't say enough words about how much faith that Josh Whitman, the AD, put in him by allowing him to get a extension and sticking with him while others were like, let's move on from Lovey. You see the situation out in Florida State parallels to the Illini situation, but they didn't have faith in what the coach was doing there. You have to allow the coach at least four years, minimum four years to either fire or hire him for more because, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know what a coach can do when he gets his own players under him, his own coaching staff under him, understand the program. People start believing and buying in. It's invaluable what Josh Whitman did and for them to go bowling with two games left. You know, the Iowa game is going to be really hard to win. They beat them 63 nothing last year. I was surprised that Josh Whitman didn't fire him after that game. That's the type of stuff that you need. You need a guy that believes in you. And Josh Whitman believed in Lovey and what he was doing. The program was building. And now to have two games left where the Northwestern game looks like a win, going to win seven games, go to a bowl. Amazing. And the 2020 team even looks better because I just listed all the players who didn't play in this game. Lots of talent just not playing in this game because of injury uh, suspension. Some of them uh, some of them are just sitting out a year like Luke Ford, who didn't get to play this year because of the dumb transfer rules. But couldn't be happier for Alana. I'm glad I was wrong. I wanted him fired after the Nebraska laws gave up about 700 yards of rushing or of offense. And I'm Proud to say that I was wrong. I'll take that L every day of the week. I thought today's game was over when they were down 28 to 3. I was like, all right, just get that Northwestern when we're in the house. So I'll take that L too. I'll take L's all the time if they keep on doing this. Hell, I'm going to that bowl game, whatever bowl game they go to. I mean, within reach. They go to Bahamas Bowl. I can't go. I don't have a passport. I can't expedite it that quickly. But otherwise, if it's in the United States, I'll try to go. So there we have it. That that was Herb Lawrence's initial reaction to the victory from this past weekend of his Illini squad over Michigan State. I thank you for sending that in, Herb. You were on vacation uh, with your lady. So thank you, Herb. Thank you, Courtney, for sending that in. And I appreciate your help and I appreciate uh, everything you've done for this show. But this was a crazy game. And just to break it down a little bit further for you guys, the defense got takeaways in this game, which was huge. They got four of them. And this helped 
Illinois secure the comeback in this victory. Illinois quarterback Brandon Peters threw for 369 yards with three touchdowns and one interception. So he had a great game for the Illini. And Michigan State, they have now lost the last four games on its on its schedule. In the previous three games, Michigan State had been outscored. You heard it in the soundbite earlier by a combined 117 points. This is very frustrating if you're a Michigan State fan, I'm sure. I've seen some things online about Matt, Mark D'Antonio possibly needing to leave that program. He's been there for quite some time. And he's been very successful for Michigan State, but these last four games... I'm sure Michigan State fans would like to have back. And this one in particular, when you let Illinois come on the road in your house and get the victory in East Lansing, yikes. That is not good if you're a Michigan State fan. But Illinois is on to better and and greater things this season. They are now bowl eligible. And I think they play Iowa in a couple weeks. They're on a bye this week. And then they end the season with Northwestern, which I think will be a victory. So they very easily here could get to seven wins, maybe eight wins this season. Who knows? Then another game that I was glued in on was Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Oklahoma almost lost this matchup. They barely held on. They won 42-41 to over Iowa State. Both of these teams came into this matchup after having a bye in Week 10 where they both saw losses the week prior. ISU lost to Oklahoma State 34-27. to Oklahoma, as you guys all know, got upset by Kansas State 48-41. to So in this matchup, I thought Oklahoma would come out very strong. I thought they would dominate, which they did. Oklahoma got out to a 42 to 21 point head start before the Sooners defense allowed Iowa State to score 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma also had two turnovers and these two teams combined to commit 18 total penalties for a total of 147 yards. So that's never a good thing when you're committing that many penalties. You're letting your opponent get into the game, stay in the game, and there's some serious question and some serious doubt as to whether or not Oklahoma's defense can hold up because Baylor can put up some offense and Oklahoma might lose it that game. They honestly might lose that game. The defense can't hold for four quarters. It's a defense that bends and breaks and they got lucky that they did not get upset again by Iowa State this week after being upset last weekend or two weekends ago. So they have a huge test ahead of them and Oklahoma, they're going to need to bring its best effort offensively and defensively if it expects to beat Baylor who is red hot this season and then another game which I really can't front to you guys I did not watch this game at all and really it kind of got lost within some of the matchups in week 11 which was so this matchup of Iowa versus Wisconsin coming into this game Iowa was ranked 18th in the AP poll Wisconsin was ranked number 16 And this was a a really big matchup within the Big Ten West division. And I feel like I didn't hear much about this game this weekend because there were so many other great games. And this one just got lost in the shuffle. So this one looks like it was a good game. Wisconsin won 24-22 over Iowa. Wisconsin got out to a 21-6 point lead in this matchup before Iowa tried to put together a comeback in the fourth quarter where the Hawkeyes scored 16 points but were unable to get the victory. Wisconsin won this game on the ground, which they've done so well in other games this season, on the legs of its running back, Jonathan Taylor, who rushed for 250 yards on 31 carries. The Badgers are now all alone in second place in the Big Ten West behind Minnesota, and they will play Minnesota later 
this this season. They only have a few more weeks of the season to go, but they play them in a few more weeks here. Iowa will play Minnesota this weekend, which will be a really important test again for Minnesota to go on the road in Iowa City to get a victory over Kirk Ferentz and his Iowa Hawkeyes. So still some action to come in the Big Ten West division. And I'm excited. Then the the big game of the century, we had number one LSU versus number two Alabama. LSU got the victory 46 to 41. Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa ended up making the start for Alabama. I really didn't hear much about his status this entire week, but he made the start and he was effective for Alabama. I mean, he had a pretty solid game, all things considered, with him coming out of injury and coming out of uh, surgery. Um, a few weeks ago. So Tua had 418 yards with four touchdowns and one interception. So he played a solid game, but Joe Burrow and the Tigers offense were perfect. This was looking like a blowout early on LSU's end as they jumped out to a 33 to 13 lead at halftime. So it was looking like it was over. My good friends at Pipeline on Twitter, they were giving me a hard time because I thought this would be a very close game and I thought it would be a good game. And it ended up becoming close uh, towards the second at the second half and the end of the game. Alabama came back, but it looked like it was going to be a blowout by LSU. And it, a little surprising because LSU was on the road. They were in hostile territory and they put that level of effort into the first half. I thought it was going to be a wrap. So Joe Burrow, as I mentioned, he went 31 for 39 with 393 yards through the air with three touchdowns. He damn near had a perfect game for LSU. And former running back and college football analyst for Fox, Reggie Bush, thinks that Joe Burrow just won himself the Heisman with that big-time performance. So we'll see if, if that's the case. I mean, he very well could win the Heisman, and he's playing great ball this entire season. LSU is undefeated. LSU was my preseason team to make it into the college football playoffs. And I know folks are high on Ohio State. They've been blowing the brakes off of other teams on their schedule, but they aren't playing the level of competition that LSU is right now. And I don't care. All the points, you can score all the points in the world, but... I want to see you do that with LSU's schedule. I don't think it would be as easy for Ohio State. I'm not saying that they would lose, but I'm just saying that they play a very tough schedule in the SEC. LSU has handled all the pressures that have come along with that very well, and I think LSU is the best team in college football, hands down. LSU's playmakers showed up big time in this game. Like I said, Joe Burrow had a great performance, despite the fact he was sacked five times by Alabama's defense. So the defense was getting after it. But Joe Burrow remained composed and he did what he had to do to help his LSU Tigers get the victory. So great win for LSU. This upcoming week, they play Ole Miss. And I think that should be a a nice victory for LSU. But they are fully and firmly in the driver's seat. So great job for LSU and coach Ed O. This week, if we look ahead to games in Week 12 action, I'll be really curious and interested in the Wake Forest versus Clemson matchup. Wake Forest is unranked in the AP poll. Clemson is number three. And these these two teams are first and second in the Atlantic Division. And I realize Clemson already clinched the ACC Atlantic Division with its win over NC State last weekend. However, this is still a huge game. I'm curious to see if Wake Forest can upset Clemson on the road. This would be a huge win for Wake Forest. This would shake up the college football playoff situation. Clemson hasn't looked as dominant 
as it has in the past and I think there's opportunity for a team to come in and upset them. Could it be Wake Forest? We'll see. It's very unlikely, but anything is possible in college football. We've seen some crazy upsets already this season, and I think this game will have some interest and intrigue because Wake Forest is second place in the Atlantic Division. It's been Clemson and Wake Forest this entire season. Let's see if Wake Forest can get the upset over number three Clemson this weekend. And then in the Big 12, we have number 10 Oklahoma versus number 12 Baylor. Baylor has a great opportunity to clip the Sooners right here this weekend. Oklahoma's two last games have been very, very close. And while the Sooners score the second most points per game in the entire FBS at 48.4 points per game. Baylor has a very good defense. Baylor limits its opponents to only 19 points per game, which is best for 17th in all of FBS. Right now, if I were to make my predictions, I probably would give the edge to Baylor. And despite the fact that Baylor had a very close matchup against TCU, I think Baylor Bears will get up for this game against Oklahoma. And this could be a very, very good game. I think you may be looking at your eventual Big 12 champion in this matchup between Oklahoma and Baylor. And I think Baylor could do it. They could be the team that could win the entire conference this year. Then in the Big 10, we have number 7, Minnesota versus number 23, Iowa. This is going to be a tough game for Minnesota this week as they have lost four straight games against the Hawkeyes. My thoughts are there could be a hangover effect from the great victory that Minnesota had over Penn State the week prior. So this could be a tough matchup, honestly. Iowa is coming off of a tough 24-22 loss to Wisconsin on the road. The Hawkeyes have lost three games ranked opponents this season. So we'll see if Iowa will continue that streak of losses against number seven ranked Minnesota. So we'll see. It should be a really good game nonetheless. Then we have number five, Georgia versus number 13, Auburn. With Bama and Penn State both losing this past weekend, that opens the door for Georgia in the college football playoff rankings. I think the Bulldogs must win this game against Auburn or else their chances of making it to the college football playoffs are over. This is the 123rd meeting between these two schools. The last time Georgia traveled to Auburn, the Tigers ended the Bulldogs' unbeaten season by a score of 40-17. to So a very embarrassing loss for the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm sure they don't forget that moment and they have to go on the road this weekend to Auburn this is going to be a really great game and if Georgia can win this game they are still alive in the college football playoffs so I'm excited for all these games I mean this is the best part of the season this is when it truly truly matters and we have some great matchups here for you to enjoy this weekend Wake Forest versus Clemson Oklahoma versus Baylor Minnesota versus Iowa Georgia versus Auburn this is going to be some fun this weekend, folks, and I hope you guys have a great seat for all the action. Real quick, before I get to my playoff tracker, I do want to discuss some college football news. As you guys know, Willie Taggart got fired after Week 10 action, and there are rumors that Deion Sanders could be a serious candidate to replace him as a head coach. Florida State, that is a mistake. You are in a very crucial point in your program's history where you can find a coach who has Power 5 coaching experience to lead your team into the next era of your program, or you could take a step back and hire Deion Sanders, who has no coaching experience, to lead your team into the next wave of uh, Florida State football. I, I think that's a very big mistake that worries me a lot. If those rumors are true, that he is a serious candidate, you need someone with experience. You need someone that is ready to coach that program to where it should be. Florida State is a powerhouse program and you'd be making a huge step back and you'd be hurting your entire program 
for years and years to come if you make the wrong coaching hire. And I know Deion Sanders has a great personality. He's a big, big personality, of a favorite of Florida State, uh, Glory. And while it looks nice, it just doesn't make much sense. And you really have to figure out who that next candidate will be. But it should be someone that has Power 5 coaching experience because this is a serious program. There's serious stakes on the line here. And if you make another miserable failure at your head coach selection, you could be hurting your program for years and years to come. That's just my quick thoughts on that. This week, we did see another head coach get fired at Arkansas. Head coach Chad Morris was fired after his Razorbacks started 4-18 during his tenure. This season, his Arkansas team is 2-8, but the final straw that broke the camel's back came this weekend after his Razorbacks lost 45-19 at home to Western Kentucky. Who the hell is that? Who is Western Kentucky? I've never heard of them. That's rough. And Arkansas has just had some bad luck. They're a program that just will always, in my mind, will always be second and third tier to the top programs within the SEC. And that's a shame. So I wish that program luck in its coaching search for a new head coach. Now we'll dive right into my playoff tracker. Number one, LSU. They beat number two, Alabama, 46-41. They face Ole Miss this week, so they are looking really legit as a playoff contender, potentially. Then we have number three, Clemson. They beat NC State this past weekend, 55-10. They face Wake Forest in Week 12 action. Clemson moved up one spot in the AP poll this week from number four to three, so Clemson's still playing themselves in a position to be considered uh, for one of those spots in the college football playoff. And then... We have number 10, Oklahoma. They beat Iowa State barely by a score of 42-41. to They face number 12, Baylor, this week in Week 12 action. This could be a really tough test for Oklahoma. Then my final team, I have number 8, Utah. They've been playing themselves right into position to be considered for one of those spots should there be a huge shakeup at the top. They have a very easy rest of the schedule. They have UCLA this week in Week 12 action. But like I said, Utah's toughest opponents are behind them. Now they have three easy weeks of opponents that have losing records, and I think Utah can, if they can win out, they definitely could be playing themselves into position to be considered for the college football playoffs. So that's my playoff tracker for this week. I'm excited. Week 12 action is going to be amazing. I thank you guys for listening to my show. As always, Thank you for the support. You can find my content at cherrypickingsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at cherry underscore picking. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the show. Hope you guys have fun this weekend. I hope you have a great rest of the week. And I will talk to you very, very soon, friends. Take care. But the final straw that broke the camel's back came this weekend after his Razorbacks lost 45 to 19 at home to Western Kentucky. Who the hell is that? Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.